0: Heavenly Father, pour out your spirit now that we might have uh, all we need from him to understand what the Lord has to say to us and to benefit from it, to receive the gifts he speaks about and to have that new birth grow up in our lives and shape it decisively. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about two kinds of life. One night in London in 1964, two men met for the first time. The American comedian Groucho Marx, one of the five Marx brothers, famous for their rather slapstick comedies, quite low-brow entertainer, met T.S. Eliot, the modernist poet playwright and critic, and about as highbrow as you could possibly get. And you might think, how did these people come to meet? Well, they had corresponded um, for a few years, actually, struck up some kind of pen pal ship. Um, and when they actually met, Marx and his wife were looking forward to an evening of intellectually stimulating conversation. But all the ailing Elliot wanted to talk about was old Marx Brothers movies. Groucho later said, we didn't stay late for we both felt that he wasn't up to a long evening of conversation, especially mine. One night in Jerusalem, two men met for the first time. Nicodemus, Pharisee and member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. Not a comedian as far as we know. And the other party to that meeting was Jesus the Galilean sensation, performing signs that announced him as a man of God, a prophet, a teacher. And Nicodemus may have been a little bit like Groucho Marx, you know, turning up, hoping for one kind of talk with this fellow and getting perhaps quite another kind of talk that he didn't expect and perhaps didn't know, you know, what to do with exactly. Nicodemus opens their conversation warmly with this complimentary Um, Speech, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. But before he can get further, perhaps quite suddenly, Jesus replies, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, there's clearly not going to be any chit-chat tonight. Jesus gets into the meat of it. Immediately, I'm not sure how long it took Nicodemus to think about what in the world do I say to that? Um, certainly, Nicodemus, when he does reply, seeks some more explanation. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now it's not clear that. Nicodemus believed that Jesus was proposing any such thing, a return to the womb. But Nicodemus presents Jesus with this impossible picture, perhaps exactly to get Jesus to elaborate, to explain further on something that he doesn't understand. Jesus does elaborate, beginning by a very similar pronouncement. Jesus answered, "'Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God.' unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And what is Jesus talking about? He is talking about seeing or entering the kingdom of God. There is, according to Jesus, a kingdom of God, a realm where we can live in peace and fellowship with God, under his reign where his good will is done. Um, it's perhaps akin to what John also calls "eternal life: to know God, to know His Son. And Jesus uh, sorry, Nicodemus may not have read the phrase "The Kingdom of God" in his Bible, but he no doubt knew the prophetic promises that God would renew his reign over fallen Israel. Uh, such promises as we find, for instance, in Ezekiel 36, verses 24 and following, where the Lord says through Ezekiel, "'For I will take you, you scattered Israelites, "'I will take you out of the nations. "'I will gather you from all the countries "'and bring you back to your own land. "'I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean. "'I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols.' I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. And again, Nicodemus may not have read the phrase born again, which could also be translated born from above in his Bible, but he had perhaps noticed the kind of transformative newness that God promises to work upon his people. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you. Jesus speaks of being born again, born from above, born of water and spirit, born of the spirit. And perhaps he's using his own words to refer to the same thing Ezekiel says in the language of sprinkling clean water and having a new heart and a new spirit, God's spirit in you. Certainly, Jesus expects Nicodemus to be able to follow him when he speaks of these things. Jesus says in verse 6 of John 3, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. So do we follow Jesus? That is, do we understand what Jesus is saying here? That there is a life in the flesh, uh, the human life, as it is lived in this world, its physical It's social, it's religious and moral, it's mortal, it's passing, it's crooked, it's wanting and incomplete. And to participate in the kingdom of God, we need a new kind of life. This kind of life is not adequate to the task. We need a new kind of life beyond the principle of life that we receive from our parents Flesh gives birth to flesh. This new life is ours by the action of God's Spirit. And hence it is to be born of the Spirit, born from above. This new life is a cleansing and reorienting, a reanimating life. Hence, born of water and Spirit. And many, many Christians have testified how well this describes their experience. That in becoming a Christian, they've been made new. They have seen all things anew. They feel like a whole new life has been born in them. Spirit has given birth to spirit. This may happen suddenly and dramatically for some people, or slowly and subtly for others. But when it has happened, we find ourselves relating to God differently. We have crossed a watershed. We're in a new country, living a new life. Perhaps it used to be that God was a mystery to us, just a word, a strange idea. Perhaps it used to be that we were suspicious of God or even hostile towards him. Perhaps it used to be that we were fearful of God. We were anxious about how he might judge us. Perhaps it used to be that we were curious about God but unsure about how to satisfy our curiosity. To be born again is to leave all of that behind. All this uncertainty, anxiety, hostility or incomprehension about God. It is to be born of God and to become his child. It is to know that we are personally related to him and we have this personal relation. He knows us, we know him. As we have already read in the beginning of John's Gospel, John 1, to all who did receive Jesus... To those who believed in his name, God gave the right to become children of God. Children born, not of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This new birth produces in us satisfaction. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. This new birth produces peace and assurance. Uh, If you were here for Geoffrey's funeral on Friday, we sang a hymn by Fanny Crosby, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This new birth produces therefore in us both satisfaction and peace and assurance, but also the desire to know and serve God. I'm going to steal again from Geoffrey's funeral service, where we prayed the prayer of St. Ignatius Teach us, good Lord, to serve you as you deserve. The one who is born again prays this prayer to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds to toil and not to seek for rest, to labour and not to ask for any reward save that of knowing that we do your will. This is the life that the new birth produces. How then, you might ask, can we receive this new kind of life? Because it may seem as if we can't really do anything. It's not up to us. Verse 8 from John 3, The Spirit blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, You cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is, says Jesus, with everyone born of the Spirit. So you think, well, I've just got to hope that the wind blows my direction, perhaps. And it is true that to be born of God is the gift of God. But it is bound up with something else, believing in Jesus. Again, chapter 1, verse 12, to all who did receive Jesus. To all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There's a connection between the gift of the new birth and us putting our faith in Jesus. This comes through at the end of today's passage in verses 13 to or 14 to 15. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, I don't know if you uh, know the story from Numbers 21 of the snake in the wilderness, but Moses made a bronze snake and erected it on a pole and set it in the midst of the Israelite camp in the wilderness. He did this because snakes had infested the camp and where people were being bitten and were dying. This came about because the people grumbled um, impatiently against the Lord. The plague of snakes was from the Lord, but so was the bronze snake and the command of God to look to the snake and be saved. Here's the excerpt from Numbers 21. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. And when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. And Jesus says... The Son of Man must be lifted up so that anyone who believes in him, who looks to him, may also live, not just for this life, but in eternity, in the kingdom of God. Jesus, lifted up on the cross, is the one that we are invited to look to, to believe in, to seek salvation from. In the face of God's judgment, in the face of our own death, in order to receive this new life, eternal life, Look to him. He is lifted up that we might look to him and be saved and have this new life, this birth from above. Now, I don't know how you're feeling about all this. Maybe you are reflecting actually with great gratitude on this, that you know this gift of Jesus, this gift of a saviour, this one who has opened the way to eternal life, to life with God to life in God, to the kingdom of God, and you think, this is great news and familiar news and old and dear news. I hope there's many people who feel that right now. But maybe you're a bit like Nicodemus. You're reacting with questions. How can someone be born when they are old? How can this be? Maybe you think, isn't the life we have already enough? How can looking to Jesus be the answer? Surely we should study to make ourselves new rather than turn to some forlorn hope that God will make us new. Perhaps you're thinking something different, I don't know. But struggling in one way or another, as Nicodemus did, to accept what Jesus has to say. Nicodemus came to Jesus impressed by the signs he did and convinced that he was at some level, as he says, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one could do the things you are doing, if God were not with you. And so when Nicodemus, having said that, seems reluctant to be open to Jesus' words, Jesus holds him to account. Very truly, I says you tell you, I tell you, he says in verse 11, we speak of what we know. We testify to what we have seen. But still, you people, do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Now John, in writing his Gospel, does not fail to pass on to us some of the signs that Jesus performed. Uh, we've had the water being turned to wine by the end of the Gospel, have Christ rising from the dead. And it is important to take into account what Jesus did to see these signs and to where they point so that we might be open to the things he said. But the things Jesus said about the kingdom, they're not arguments to be weighed. They're not theories to be debated. They're testimonies to be received. If you or I come to Jesus perhaps as Nicodemus did, looking for you know, a thinker who might persuade me to th- see things differently, better, perhaps clearer. Maybe I'll learn something. Uh, if you come to Jesus like that, you may not get what you bargained for because Jesus claims to be from heaven in a way no one else is or can be. And he tells us, you must be born again. Your current equipment is not adequate. You need a radical upgrade. Jesus does not expect people just to stop thinking and start believing. There is a role for considering, for testing, for investigating, for concluding when it comes to Jesus. But the heart of the engagement with Jesus is that we must receive him as he is from God, speaking words that give us unique if challenging testimony to God and his purposes presumably when nicodemus tells sorry when jesus tells nicodemus you must be born again you must be born from above he wants nicodemus to seek that new birth from above to turn to god and ask for it and in John' writing of this conversation, John wants that for us too. He wants us as we hear this, you must be born again to turn to the Lord and to seek it from him as we need it. Will you do it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus came and performed the signs he did to show that you were with him. We thank you for the way he engaged, especially with Nicodemus, and spoke of entering and seeing the kingdom of God and of the new birth that we need. Help us, Lord, uh, not to be unclear or confused about this. Uh, Even more than that, Lord, help us to see our need of what Jesus says we need. And give us, Lord, the gift, the gift of birth from above, birth from your Spirit, that we might live the eternal life you have for us. We pray that we would see the Son of Man lifted up and believe in him. We pray it in his name. Amen.